Chapter Forty of April's Lady. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. April's Lady by Margaret Wolfe Hungerford. Chapter Forty. The sense of death is most in apprehension. Thus grief still treads upon the heels of pleasure. It is destined to be a day of grief. Monkton, who had been out all the morning, having gone to see the old people, a usual habit of his, had not returned to dinner, a very unusual habit with him. It had occurred, however, once or twice, that he had stayed to dine with them on such occasions, as when Sir George had had a troublesome letter from his elder son, and had looked to the younger to give him some comfort, some of his time to help him to bear it, by talking it all over. Barbara, therefore, while dressing for Mrs. Theger's at home, had scarcely felt anxiety, and, indeed, it is only now when she has come down to the drawing-room to find Joyce awaiting her, also in gala garb, so far as a gown goes, that a suspicion of coming trouble takes possession of her. "'He is late, isn't he?' she says, looking at Joyce with something nervous in her expression. "'What can have kept him? I know he wanted to meet the general.' and now what can it be his mother probably said joyce indifferently from your description of her i should say she must be a most thoroughly uncomfortable old person yes not pleasant certainly a little of her as george ingram used to say goes a long way but still and these theser people are friends of his and you are working yourself up into a thorough belief in the sensational street accident says joyce who has seated herself well out of the glare of the chandelier you want to be tragic it is a mistake believe me something in the bitterness of the girl's tone strikes on her sister's ear joyce had not come down to dinner had pleaded a headache as an excuse for her non-appearance and Mrs. Monkton and Tommy, she could not bear to dine alone, had devoured a meal a deux. Tommy had certainly been anything but dull company. "'Has anything happened, Joyce?' asked her sister quickly. She has had her suspicions, of course, but they were of the vaguest order. Joyce laughs. "'I told you your nerves were out of order,' says she. "'What should happen?' are you still dwelling on the running over business i assure you you wrong freddy he can take care of himself at a crossing as well as another man and better even a handsome i am convinced could do no harm to freddy i wasn't thinking of him said barbara a little reproachfully perhaps i no then you ought to be ashamed of yourself here he is cries she suddenly, springing to her feet, as a sound of Monkton's footsteps ascending the stairs can now be distinctly heard. I hope you will explain yourself to him. 
she laughs again and disappears through the doorway that leads to the second hall outside as monkton enters how late you are freddy says his wife the reproach in her voice heightened because of the anxiety she has been enduring i thought you would never what is it what has happened freddy there is bad news yes very bad says monkton sinking into a chair your brother breathlessly of late she has always known that trouble is to be expected from him he is dead said monkton in a low tone barbara flinging her opera cloak aside comes quickly to him she leans over him and slips her arms round his neck dead says she in an awestruck tone yes killed himself shot himself the telegram came this morning when i was with them i could not come home sooner it was impossible to leave them oh freddy i am so sorry you left them even now a line to me would have done oh what a horrible thing and to die like that yes he presses one of her hands and then rising begins to move hurriedly up and down the room it was a misfortune upon misfortune he says presently when i was over there this morning they had just received a letter filled with from him yes that is what seemed to make it so much worse later on life in the morning death in the afternoon his voice grows choked and such a letter as it was filled with nothing but a most scandalous account of his oh he breaks off suddenly as if shocked oh he is dead poor fellow don't take it like that says barbara following him and clinging to him you know you could not be unkind there were debts then debts it is difficult to explain just now my head is aching so and those poor old people well it means ruin for them barbara of course his debts must be paid his honor kept intact for the sake of the old name but they will let all the houses the two in town this one and their own and and the old place down in warwickshire the home all must go out of their hands oh freddy surely surely there must be some way not one i spoke about breaking the entile you know i his death poor fellow i yes yes dear but they won't hear of it my mother was very angry even in her grief when i proposed it they hope that by strict retrenchment the property will be itself again and they spoke about tommy they said it would be unjust to him and to you quickly she would not have him ignored any longer oh as for me i am not a boy you know tommy is safe to inherit as life goes well so are you said she with a sharp pang at her heart yes of course i am only making out a case i think it was kind of them to remember tommy's claim in the midst of their own grief it was indeed says she remorsefully oh it was but if they give up everything where will they go 
they talk of taking a cottage a small house somewhere they want to give up everything to pay his infamous there sharply i am forgetting again but to see them makes one forget everything else he begins to walk up and down the room again as if inaction is impossible to him my mother who has been accustomed to a certain luxury all her life to be now at the very close of it condemned to it would break your heart to see her and she will let nothing be said of him oh no still there should be justice i can't help feeling that her blameless life and his and she is the one to suffer it is often so says his wife in a low tone it is an old story dearest but i know that when the old stories come home to us individually they always sound so terribly new but what do they mean by a small house asked she presently in a distressed tone well i suppose a small house said he with just a passing gleam of his old jesting manner you know my mother cannot bear the country so i think the cottage idea will fall through freddy says his wife suddenly she can't go into a small house a london small house it is out of the question could they not come and live with us she is suggesting a martyrdom for herself yet she does it unflinchingly what my aunt and all asks he regarding her earnestly oh of course of course poor old thing says she unable this time however to hide the quaver that desolates her voice no says her husband with suspicion of vehemence he takes her suddenly in his arms and kisses her because two or three people are unhappy is no reason why a fourth should be made so and i don't want your life spoiled so far as i can prevent it i suppose you have guessed that i must go over to nice where he is my father could not possibly go alone in his present state when must you go to-morrow as for you if we could go home says she uncertainly that is what i would suggest but how will you manage without me the children are so troublesome when taken out of their usual beat and their nurse i often wonder which would require the most looking after they or she it occurred to me to ask dysart to see you across he is so kind such a friend says mrs monkton but she might have said more but at this instant joyce appeared in the doorway we shall be late cries she and freddy not even dressed why oh has anything really happened yes yes said barbara hurriedly a few words explains all we must go home to-morrow you see and freddy thinks that felix would look after us until we reach kensington or north wall felix mr dysart the girl's face had grown pale during the recital of the suicide but now it looks ghastly why should he come cries she in a ringing tone that has actual fear in it do you suppose that we two cannot manage the children between us oh nonsense barbara why tommy is as sensible as he can be and if nurse does 
prove incapable and a prey to seasickness well i can take baby and you can look after mabel it will be all right we are not going to america really freddy please say you will not trouble mr dysart about this matter yes i really think we shall not require him says barbara something in the glittering brightness of her sister's eye warns her to give in at once and indeed she has been unconsciously a little half-hearted about having felix or any stranger as a travelling companion there run away joyce and go to your bed darling you look very tired i must still arrange some few things with freddie what is the matter with her asks monkton when joyce has gone away she looks as if she had been crying and her matter is so excitable she has been strange all day almost repellent felix called and i don't know what happened she insisted upon my leaving her alone with him but i am afraid there was a scene of some sort i know she had been crying because her eyes were so red but she would say nothing and i was afraid to ask her better not i hope she is not still thinking of that fellow beauclerk however he stops short and sighs heavily you must not think of her now says barbara quickly your own trouble is enough for you were your brother's affairs so very bad that they necessitate the giving up of everything it has been going on for years my father has had to economize to cut down everything you know the old place was let to a mr mr i quite forget the name now pressing his hand to his brow a manchester man at all events but we always hoped my father would have been able to take it back from him next year but now but you say they think in time that the property will they think so i don't but it would be a pity to undeceive them i am afraid barbara with a sad look at her you made a bad match even when the chance comes your way to rise out of poverty it proves a thoroughly useless one it isn't like you to talk like that says she quickly there you are overwrought and no wonder too come upstairs and let us see what you will want for your journey her tone had grown purposely brisk surely on occasion such as this she is a wife a companion in a thousand there must be many things to be considered both for you and for me and the thing is to take nothing unnecessary those foreign places i hear are so it hardly matters what i take says he wearily well it matters what i take says she briskly come and give me help freddy you know how i hate to have servants standing over me other people stand over their servants but they are poor rich people i like to see how the clothes are packed she is speaking not quite truthfully few people like to be spared trouble so much as she does but it seems good in her eyes now to rouse him from the melancholy that is fast growing on him come she says tucking her arm into his
End of chapter 40. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C.